elevates trusting all as well well as all welcome 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 back to elevated frequencies reading segments where you maintain your visual to be deeply unlocked in order to tap into your confidence to make some needed adjustments we will be continuing to read oh i'm sorry let me introduce myself for my first listeners or if this is your first time joining in um, I'm your host, Sherry, also known as Shy Shy, also known as Nile Iris. Yes, I have multiple identifications. <laughs> um, however, the main purpose is to remind you to wind it down sometimes. Um, my goal is to release a new chapter or two every Wednesday. Um, these are pre-recorded, so they are not recorded the day of. So if something doesn't line up with the day of Wednesday, it's because it was pre-recorded. But all in all is to align and remind you to take one day out of the week to wind down, kind of re-regulate your thoughts, regulate your mind, do some grounding. Um, But last week we ended with 16 and 17, which were short but sweet. Um, You know, there was a lot of things that kind of happened. which the biggest one was um, Otakato, the black hat, steals the top secret book from the fourth floor of the Obi library. So I'm like a little anxious to see what happens. And I think that at this point, the kids are now going to be, have to be prepared. They're going to have to be prepared to face Otakato. Um, then the other little exciting thing that happened was Chichi and Sasha kissing. Girl, they was locking lips. It's crazy, so I kind of figured, because I was peeping that they was a little jealous of each other at the tournaments and stuff, so let's just see what happens in chapters 18 and 19 without any further ado. Even though it was the middle of, oh, sorry, I get too excited and I just get right into it, y'all, but it'll be nice for y'all to know where we're at, right? (laughs) Chapters 18, 7 rainy days even though it was the middle of harmattan dry season it had been raining for almost a week the markets were muddy the streets were flooded the schools had closed two days ago the rain was so unexpected that though it was perfect mosquito weather there were no no more mosquitoes than there usually were. It was as if someone had flipped the switch marked rain. The morning of the seventh rainy day in a row started like almost any other. The first thing Sunny did when she woke up was look at her cabinet. Her wasp artist, whom she decided to name Della after the famous sculptor she'd read about on the internet named Luca Della Robbia had built a mud sculpture of the mermaid deity, Mamiwata. As as always, the wasp stood on top of its creation, waiting for her response. That's really beautiful, Della, she said, meaning it. It buzzed its wings with glee, circled its creation, and then flew out the window. Sunny unrolled her leopard knocks daily. Tomorrow, they were to meet with Anatole and probably find out what they were expected to do about Black Hat. She braced herself for news of his latest act of debauchery. Instead, the headline read, Rain, rain, please go away. She laughed, relieved. Everything was rained out. Even the criminals seem to have taken over. Maybe Black Hat's hat wasn't broad enough to protect him from the rain either. She went to get some breakfast and froze. Her heart threatened to leap from her chest. There at the kitchen table sat her mother and she was handing a cup of hot tea to Anatole. Good 
Sonny squeaked. Sonny, her mother said, looking uncharacteristically rattled. Sit. Sonny had to really force herself to move. This is... This is the son of a friend of your grandmother's, my mother. Her mother's hands shook as she picked up her cup of tea. She laughed to herself. She sounded on the verge of tears. Yes, Anatole said. He poured a large amount of cream into his tea, stirred it, and took a sip. I was in town and decided to drop by. Sonny could only nod. Suddenly, her mother whirled around and faced her. She obviously wanted to say something, but instead she kissed Sonny's cheek and nearly ran out of the room. Anatole took a calm sip of tea. Sonny waited. We are going to Leopard Knox, he said. What? It's, isn't that tomorrow? Bring the knife, your powders, and one of your umbrellas. Won't my mom? She won't stop you, he said. Go fetch your things, there's little time. One of the official Obi library cars waited outside. Behind the wheel was a short, unsmiling, wholesome man. A lit cigarette hung from his lips. Put it out, Aoudou. Anatole snapped. Sorry, sir, Aoudou said, quickly flicking the cigarette out the window. Sunny looked back at her mother, who stood like a statue in the front doorway. Sunny waved. Her mother didn't wave back. She just stood there as they drove away. Maybe she knew she would never see her daughter again. The driver maneuvered the car easily, first on the muddy road and then on the slick street. It was an oddly smooth ride. When they accelerated, there was no sound at all. Clearly, like the funky train, the car ran on some kind of juju. Sonny wondered why the leopard people didn't share his technology with the rest of the world. It would solve some serious environmental problems. They passed Oru and Chi-Chi's house. Aren't we picking up? They'll meet us there, Anatole said. Your home situation is not so easy, so I had to come get you. What's happening? She asked. When we get there, she nodded and looked out the window. You've made good progress, Sonny, Anatole said. Thanks. What I'd like you to think about, though, is who you are, because within that knowledge is the key to how much you can learn. She frowned, thinking about what had just happened with her mother. Oh God, she whispered. These days, I don't really think I know who I am. Anatole was silent. What do you know of my grandmother? Who was she? Only her oldest daughter, your mother, can tell you that. Why won't you tell me? She asked desperately. It's not my place, Anatole said. Was she bad? He didn't respond. Why was she Black Hat's teacher? Of all people, she asked. When Anatole remained silent, she pounded her fist against her leg. For a while, the windshield wipers going back and forth were the only sound. Anatole patted her shoulder. We have a half hour drive, he said. Take the time to relax while you can. He leaned forward and tapped the driver on the shoulder. Put on some lock baja. Sunny closed her eyes and listened to the Afrobeat music. The car stopping woke her up. They were outside the Obi library. 
Sasha and Oru were already there. Wait here, Anatole said and went inside. They were too nervous to talk. Instead, they just stood together, shoulder to shoulder. Five minutes later, Chi-Chi arrived with her mother, walking under a large green umbrella. Even with the umbrella, both of their cheeks were wet. Chi-Chi looked shaken. Her mother sniffled and wiped her eyes. Chi-Chi gave her a tight hug and watched her mother walk down the street toward the Leopard Knox markets. Sunny hugged Chi-Chi. Sasha and Chi-Chi exchanged more than hugs. Sunny and Oru just avoided each other's eyes. Standing out there in the rain, it was as if they were waiting to be sent into battle to their deaths. Okay, Sasha said, standing up straighter. Everyone lighten up, God. Oru sighed. Chi-Chi put her arm around Sasha's waist and said, Children are dying and being maimed, right? Right, Sasha said. We're lucky, really. We're going to have a chance to prove what we're made of. Some people will never get that, man. Not in their whole life. But what's up with this rain? That's what bugs me, Olu said. Sunny was about to say something when sugar cream came up behind them. She held a white umbrella and wore white pants and a long top with fringe. She smelled like flowers, even in the rain. They're ready for you. Let's go, she said. The library felt different. People weren't smiling. No one spoke. Even when they, when they reached the university on the second floor, students walked close with their heads together, whispering. And when they saw the four of them, they stared, some occasionally giving them fake reassuring smiles. To Sunny's surprise, there were buckets and towels all over the floors and on the stairs, catching drips. She'd have thought that the library of all places would be protected from something as simple as heavy rain. She hoped the books were okay. They followed Sugar Cream to a large door on the third floor. Your best behavior, she sternly told them. Don't ask any questions until you are told you may. She opened the door, another indoor jungle. Sunny had to work, not to groan. She was reminded of the tent at the Zuma festival and that brought back memories of the terrible masquerade. But this jungle was more controlled. The foliage grew only around the edges of the room. A toucan sat in a tree near a window. The bird looked at them suspiciously. In the center was a large oval table. Around it sat seven people. All of them ancient, except for Taiwo, Kahind, and Anatole. Sugar Cream motioned them to sit in the four empty chairs. A bent woman with black skin and milky blind eyes laughly, laughed loudly and said something Sunny couldn't understand. The language she spoke was full of click sounds most likely Hosa. The man beside her squeezed with laughter, slapping the table with a rough hand. Sugar Cream sat down in the chair beside the blind woman and said something. Sunny only understood the last word, English. Two of the scholars on the far side of the table, both women, sucked their teeth loudly. The blind woman said something else in her click language, and the old man beside her added his two cents, pointing accusingly at Sasha. Sugar Cream responded soothingly. The two old women on the other side of the table joined the conversation. 
One of them switched languages and started speaking something that sounded like French. Kahain, Taiwo, and Anatol remained silent. As the heated conversation ensued, the toucan whistled and flew a circle over the table. It landed in an empty seat next to the two women on the end. Sunny gasped as the bird slowly grew into a large-nosed, old, Middle Eastern-looking man with green eyes. He wore a white turban and a white, cap white captain. He slapped his hands on the table and scowled at Sasha. Sugar Cream politely said in English, It must be this way. Sasha's American. And this one here is American too. Though she's Igbo also and speaks the language. The toucan man scoffed. Ah, they don't teach them to understand others. They teach them to expect others to understand them, he said in English. He humped and said, Americans. Hey, Sasha said, growing annoyed. I'm not deaf. Don't insult my country. Yes, the toucan man said. You are deaf, dumb and blind too. Now shut up. Sasha jumped up angry. Sasha, sit, Anatole said firmly. Now, Kahain said, pointing a long finger. Sasha sat down, looking pissed. There were even tears in his eyes. Let me open your ears, mind, and eyes a little, the toucan man said, leaning forward. Your beloved country, Sasha and Sunny, the United States of America, has made Black Hat economically wealthy enough to push his plan forward. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, Ali, Sugar Cream said. We're actually way behind, Ali said, looking away and thumbing his long nose. Sugar Cream got up and stood between them. These are the four of the Oha Coven brought together to handle Black Hat, she said. She touched them each on the head. Sasha Jackson, Sunny Noazu, Chihoki of Nim, and Oru Azulek. If you object, speak up. The room was silent but Sonny could feel the deep scrutiny. The two women on the left had closed their eyes. The blind woman had turned an ear to them. The old man next to her was staring. And Ali, the toucan man, hummed to himself. A small breeze flew through the room, rustling the leaves of the palm trees in the corners. That one carries rage, Ali said, gesturing at Sasha. At small, small things like his country and his awareness of the politics. They fight plenty, said the blind woman. They make up just as much, one of the women on the, set, on the left said. There's love, too. And plus, Ali added, la added laughing slyly. That's good. Mm-hmm. One of the women on the end said, nodding. You're right. Mtambi and Ali. Love and lust. They have checks and balances. Otherwise, they'll be dead moments after they meet Black Hat, Mtambi said. So, this is Ozomena's granddaughter, eh? The blind woman said, nodding at Sunny. Looks nothing like her. How can she tell? Sonny thought, irritated. I was born blind, but I see better than everyone in this room, the blind woman snapped. Sonny felt her face turn red and she looked down. Why does it matter with she, it that she doesn't look like her? Ali said. I hear she's an -like, athlete like Ozo. That one, the man next to the blind woman said, pointing at Chi Chi. Fast, fast, fast. 
and sharp. And like a Janine made sword, he clapped his hands together. Oh, I'm impressed. But royal blood will mean extra danger for her. Royal blood means royal responsibility, Anatole said, speaking for the first time since they'd walked in. The free agent, the blind woman said. Her voice was shaking. She... She's seen it. They went silent. Haven't you? The blind woman said. Seen what? Sunny asked, feeling her throat constrict. You know what I speak of, she said. It's why you all are here today. It's why Black Hat has been kidnapping, killing, and maiming children. He is only one leg of the centipede, and the centipede's head is, to, is yet to emerge. It's going to happen, for sure, Sunny said. It will, the blind woman simply said. You've really seen it? Ali asked, his voice softening for the first time. Sunny nodded. I'm so sorry. No one so young should witness the end of the world. The beginning, the blind woman corrected. Can someone speak straight? Sasha said. We've been told we have to fight Black Hat. We four, not you all. Sunny is the youngest. Chi-Chi is the oldest. He looked at Chi-Chi, but she said nothing. Or maybe she's the youngest and I'm the oldest. I'm 14 and a half. Why us? What can we possibly do? Who is Black Hat? He's right, Orlu said, standing up. He placed his hand on Sasha's shoulder, a sign for Sasha to keep his mouth shut. We need information. He addressed the two women on the left and the two can men. Great Oga Ndambi, Oga Bam Bam Tab, I'm sorry, y'all. Bam Bam Tabele Laba and Oga Ali. He turned and addressed the blind woman and the man beside her. And Great Great Oga Abak and Oga Yakova. You are all very, very old and wise enough beyond imagination. You've traveled a long way, but what seems clear to you is confusing to us. Please, tell us how Black Hat is only one leg of the centipede, as you said, Oga Abak. Why do we have to do this and not a group of older, wiser people? Tell us what to do. Oru sat down and the room was silent. Checks and balances, you see? said the woman Orlu had called Bam Bam Tabeli Lava. Abak, the blind woman, spoke. There will be a nuclear holocaust, but there will be something else too. It will bring green and everything will change. Many laws of physics will shift and become something else. This place will become a new place. Sunny isn't the only one who's seen it. Several old ones have seen it too. Whether Sunny knew it or not, she has always been a leopard person, just as her grandmother was. All free agents are what they always were, leopard. And she is a child of the physical and spirit world. Sunny. You have friends and enemies in the spirit world. For before you were born, you were a person of importance there. What kind of person were you? Well, that is something you'll have to figure out. A friend or enemy of yours showed you that vision in the candle. It changed you, no? Sunny nodded. It had been the first sign of what she was. Now, as I said, Many know of what's to come. Some see that they can take advantage of it. Imagine, chaos, and then in the middle of it all, someone comes with a logical blueprint for a new order. What would you do? You would follow that person, no? The closer the change comes, the more black hat types we will see. I say, he is a leg of the centipede because I believe 
He is one of several, a minion. Above him is the true leader. Black Hat's real name is Otakado Jinnie. As you know, he passed his fourth levels, which means he is an expert. He is master. He is powerful. But something went wrong, and now he is corrupt too. Otokaro was a Nigerian oil dealer who did big business, business with the Americans. But he had greater aspirations than financial wealth just as he sought more than just chitin. He wanted power. That remains his greatest hunger. And his hunger has opened him up to terrible powers of the earth. There is a forbidden juju, a black juju. It is old and secret. He had only part of the juju and needed the book. He stole from the library for the rest. The juju is to bring the head of the centipede through, Ekwenzu. Chichi and Orlu gasped so loudly that Sunny jumped. Why would anyone do that? Orlu asked in a strained voice. Chichi looked about to cry. The hunger for power will lead a person to dark, dead places, Abak said. He's lost control of himself. He is lost. He will attempt it, especially now that he has that book. If he brings Ekwensu through, Ekwensu will build an empire. She did it once before, thousands of years ago, and it was only by coincidence that Ekwensu was sent back. Abak paused. People say it was a combination of lightning, an angry willful girl, a rotten mangle, and perfect timing. What's expected of you for is simple, Abak said. Two children have been taken. It happened two hours ago. Your job is to bring them back safely to their parents. This rain is no coincidence. It is sent by Ekwensu. The thunder and the lightning and the water cleanse the atmosphere in preparation for Ekwensu's arrival. It's like rolling off the red carpet for a great queen. You see all the leaks? No natural rain could penetrate library walls. In about six hours, Black Hat will perform a ceremony on these two children. He will have them drink Fanta laced with calabash chalk, a substance that will enhance the spirit life within the children. Then he'll kill them, and when he completes his ceremony, he'll have gathered enough force to bring Ekwensu forth. Will, Sunny hesitated, but she had to know. Will he recognize me? Sasha, Orlu, and Chichi all looked at her baffled. He might, Abak said. Though you don't look like your grandmother, there are other ways to know a spirit line when it runs strong. She clenched her fist. How do we find them? She asked. He owns a gas station near Abba, Tebu said. Start there. Follow his tracks. Use the element of surprise. He is arrogant and has no respect for young people. He will not be expecting you, and when he passes you, he will think you harmless. Why didn't people do this for, for all of the other children? She asked. Timing is everything, Abak said. It wasn't time. We had people try, but they all came back to a bad end, Ali added quickly. Timing, Abak said again. This time, it will be right. We hope, Ali said. Sunny frowned. You mean, you've sent other people like ours and... We have, and will continue to until Black Hat is taken down. 
Jacobo said. More is at stake than your lives. Black Hat is a shrewd sorcerer, Abak said. He has protection, but we have watched for loopholes. The children that returned maimed but alive were all rescued by Oha Covens. Did the rescuers escape too? Sunny asked. None of the rep scholars replied. That was answer enough. Sunny held the phone closer to her ear and turned away from the others. They were on a funky train speeding down the road in the rain. The line remained quiet, but she knew someone was there. Mama, hello? I can hear you breathing. What do you want? Her brother Chupu said. What did you do? There was a sound of a struggle. I want to know, her brother demanded. Let me talk to her, she heard her other brother, Yugana, say. Give me the phone, she heard her mother snap. Sunny? Her voice sounded thick and she sniffed loudly. You there? Mama, yes. Silence. Hello? Mama? Silence. Is... Is it raining there? Her mother finally asked. Yeah. Of course it is, she said quietly. Mama, do you... Sunny tried to speak, but it felt like something was softly squeezing her throat. It was the pack she'd made with Orlu and Chi-Chi. Silence. J just come home, her mother whispered. Make sure you come back home. Silence. Be brave. I love you. Sunny closed her phone, wiped her tears, and put all her questions out of her head. She had to focus. She turned to her friends. Tell me about Ekwensu. She is what Satan is to the Christians, Chichi said. But more real, more tangible. She's not a metaphor or symbol. She's one of the most powerful masquerades in the wilderness. If she comes through, if Black Hat succeeds, think of what you saw in that candle. Now see that, controlled by some demented super monster that no person or thing can stop. They had 20 minutes before they reached the gas station. Sunny held her head in her hands. That's the end of chapter 18. Chapter 19, Under the Hat. It wasn't hard to find, even in the rain. Trouble is never hard to find. All they had to do was follow the line of cars. It started where the funky train dropped them off and led them to the shiny, spotless gas station. They huddled under Sunny's large black umbrella as they walked. The umbrella she once used to protect herself from the sun. What's the point? Sunny Sasha asked. These people will probably get stuck in the mud on the way home. These are all lambs. I think the fuel station is selling really cheap, Sasha said. So? Sasha said, frowning. I mean, Chi-Chi said. Is it really worth it? Fuel is hard enough to find, Chi-Chi said. Cheap fuel is gold, she paused. I wonder if having people around helps with whatever Black Hat is planning. Probably, Orlushet said. They were almost there. Stop, wait, Orlu passed. Paused, cross the street, hurry. They waited for two cars and a truck to zoom by, which splashed them with water. Quickly, they scrambled across the street and stood in a muddy parking lot. Ugh, Chi-Chi said, slicking muddy water from her arms. How rude is that? Doesn't matter now, Sunny said. We're already soaked. What is it, Orlu? Sasha asked. I don't know, Orlu said. As we were getting closer, 
I kept feeling, you know, when I undo things, it's not always voluntary. Something there, Chichi said, protecting a place from leopard people? I think so, Olu said. You didn't feel anything? But you can undo it, right? Sasha asked. I'm scared, he said simply. Sonny felt sick. Oru was a proud person. For him to admit this was serious. He let out a deep breath. If I do this, everything starts. I know it. Then do it, Sasha said. That's what we're here for. What about the element of surprise? Sunny asked. She was thinking about how surprise had helped her team score its first goal. You can't always get things the way you want them, Chi-Chi said. We'll be like cowboys walking into a bar full of criminals, Sasha said, laughing almost hysterically. He had a crazy look in his eye. Forget surprise. Let's just go in there. We've all got big guns. He took out his juju knife. Sunny, Chi-Chi, and Orlu did the same. Like the team they were, they clicked their knives together. As the knives touch, they seem to become one thing. One being made of four people. They all jumped back and looked at each other. Let's go then, Oru said quickly. Sunny closed her umbrella, dug its point into the mud, and left it behind. They held their juju knives ready. People watched from the dry comfort of their eyes. Several frowned, blinked, and wiped their eyes. Sunny could imagine what they saw. Four kids, one who seemed to glow because of her albino skin. One moment, the kids' faces looked like ceremonial masks, and their motions utterly changed. The next, they were just kids again. More than a few people drove off. Some, not wanting to lose their places in line, moved their cars up to take the spots, killed the engines, and fled. Others sank down in their seats, but not so much that they couldn't see what was about to go down. When the four of them got within a few yards of the gas station, Orlu stopped, a nauseated look on his face. Suddenly, he started moving, grasping, slicing, chopping, punching at the air with both his free hand and his juju knife. He was fighting with something. Gradually, he fell to his knees, still fighting. Can we help? Sasha shouted. Orlu didn't answer. Sonny had never seen him move his hand and knife so fast. He was like Bruce Lee, except Orlu didn't look so confident. Then she felt it, a very slight shift in space, as if they were all moved forward by about a foot. Hey, did you see that? Someone exclaimed from behind them. What? Someone else shouted. I'm getting out of here. More, sc- more cars started. Several screeched away. In front of them, people still pumped gas. A gang of men came running out of the station, and there was a loud sucking sound. Orlu fell flat on the soaked concrete. Orlu! Sonny shouted. He rolled onto his back, breathing heavily. Help me up! He wheezed. Sasha and Sonny pulled him up. He felt very warm, steam rising from his wet clothes. He leaned on them, rubbing his eyes. Otherwise, he seemed okay. He looked to the side of the gas station, pointed, and said, You see it? There! Before, there had been only an empty lot full of trash and weeds. Now, in the middle of the trash and weeds, was a patch of tall wild grass and an obi. It wasn't a normal obi. They had the usual thatch roof, but it was held up by steel pillars. There were drawings 
burned into the metal. Inside, they could just make out a large man and two small shapes on the floor. Lightning flashed across the sky, followed a second later by a bone-shaking crash of thunder. Sunny jumped, clutching Orlu tightly. Now he held her up. The storm's right above us, he said. This is where it is. A green-yellow blur streamed out of the obi and came rushing right at them, chirping and squawking. Sunny wiped her face to make sure she was really seeing a flock of angry-looking parakeets. Bushels, Sasha shouted. I see them, Chi-Chi said quickly, holding up her knife. The flock undulated and rolled around the trees, spiraling at them. There are five. Hey, you kids, someone shouted. Where are you going? It was one of the thugs from the gas station store. Orlu broke into a sprint, and Chi-Chi, Sasha, and Sunny did the same. We're going in, Orlu shouted. We'll cover you, Sasha said. Sunny saw Sasha, Sasha whirl around and slash at something, a gash appearing on his arm, just as he disappeared in the hail of green-yellow birds. Chi-Chi threw some sort of juju at another black shadow and then was covered by flying parakeets too. Before Sunny could figure out how to defend herself, something cold hit her in the head. Everything became redness and pain. Then Orlu was shaking her and dragging her on. She fought through the lingering pain. They ran for the obi. She could see the shapes now. They were children, toddlers, lying on the ground, one in a dress and one in shorts with no shirt. So small and innocent and perhaps dead. They stepped into the obi. Her eyes met those of the man who had murdered her grandmother. Black Hat Otokado had dark, smooth, shiny skin, arm muscles so thick they pushed at his clothes, and a barrel of a pot belly. His chubby-cheeked face was unsmiling, and his eyes were set deep between folds of fat. He sneered at her, and she nearly dropped his juju knife. This is the last effort, he laughed, turning away as if they were nothing. He began drawing something with chalk around the children. Behind them, Sunny could hear Sasha and Chi-Chi making their way over as they fought the bushels, fed, fled the birds, and worked jujus to hold back Black Hat's thugs. You come any closer, and you'll ruin what's already in motion. Then I'll have to slaughter you too, instead of just these children. Get outside, Black Hat said. Then he seemed to be speaking to someone else. You all may leave too. These kids are homeless, harmless. Go watch for real threats, he said. All the commotion and squawking behind Sunny instantly stopped as the bush souls obeyed. Even his thugs went back to the gas station. Sasha and Chi-Chi came running in. What the hell have you done? Chi-Chi shouted the minute she saw the children. You evil bastard! Sasha took one look at the children, pulled something out his pocket, and blew into it. It was the conch shell he'd bought from Junkman. It's deep guttural sound made Sunny's head vibrate. Come now, Sasha shouted. Take Otakado's blood. Every insect in the area obeyed as if they knew the world demanded it, depended on it. The air grew black with them, all trying to bite, stink, or defecate on Black Hat. Taken by surprise, 
Black Hat screamed and staggered back. Orlo and Sonny each grabbed the child. Sonny got the boy. He was limp in her hands, his skin cold. He was dead. Black Hat shouted something in a language she didn't understand, and all the insects fell to the ground, dead. He raised a hand, and Sasha's shell dissolved into dust. He glared at Chi-Chi and Sasha. You are as pathetic as suicide bombers, Black Hat said. You die for nothing. Sasha brought his juju knife up, and Black Hat laughed, doing the same. Orlu and Sunny took off with the children. When they reached some bushes a few yards away, they put them down. They're not alive, Sunny said, frantically wiping rainwater from her face. They're dead. We're too late. They're dead. We, Sasha, shut up, Orlu hissed. Just go. Go help the others. She moaned when she looked toward the Obi where Sasha and Black Hat were having some sort of juju battle. Sasha was slowly sinking into the ground as a white cloud hovered around him, but he still held his knife. She couldn't see Chi-Chi. They're dead, she shouted. We're all going to die. Where'd we come here? Why'd we come here? Orlu knelt in the mud beside the children. He put his knife down and clapped his wet hands loudly. He pushed his sleeves back, shook out his hands, and wiped his face. Lightning flashed, immediately followed by the bellow of thunder and heavier rain. Orlu, what are we going to... Orlu? He had a faraway look on his face. The, some, the same one he'd had at the Zuma festival when he handed the masquer handled the masquerade. He began rocking back and forth, excuse me, drawing symbols in the mud with his finger. They melted back into the mud second later. Go, Orlu said calmly, not looking at her. These children are dead. I don't know what I'm doing, but I have to do it alone. He, she turned, about to flee. Wait he said. Pull out one of your braids. She yanked one out. She was in such emotional shock. She didn't even feel the pain. The hair of the one who walks between, he said, taking it. Now go. She had no plan. The rain was now a deluge. The children were dead. Black Hat was killing Sasha. Where was Chi-Chi? Sunny stepped into the Obi just in time to see a bolt of red lightning shoot from Black Hat's juju knife and slam into Sasha's chest. He went flying out of the Obi into the rain, skidding backward in the mud. Then he was still. Sasha! She screamed in her head. She grabbed her juju knife. She had no intention of using it to work juju. She was going to bury it in Black Hat's chest. I am prince, a princess of Nim, Chi-Chi screamed, standing at the front entrance. She slashed her knife from left to right and shouted some words in Efik. She stabbed her knife hard on the concrete floor of the Obi. Sparks flew, but it did not break. This charm is from Sunny's grandmother, Ozomena, to my mother, to you, Black Hat, Otokaro. Black Hat stared at Chi-Chi, as if seeing her for the first time. Chi-Chi nodded, a wild look on her face. Then the colors came, red, yellow, green, blue, purple. They blasted Sunny with heat as they flew past and went right for Black Hat. As they whirled around him, he shrieked. Past sins will always come back to haunt you, Chi-Chi said. 
Black Hat shrieked and shrieked, smoke rising from his skin, his clothes catching fire as the colors harassed him. One of his ears flew to the ground. Chi Chi scrambled to the side as he ran out of the obi into the rain. The drops of water hissed and vaporized as they made contact with his skin. But then his screams changed to la laughter. It was an awful, awful sound. You can kill me, he said, his voice gurgling. He coughed wetly and laughed again. <coughs> but I am a vessel. <coughs> You're too late. He threw his head back and shouted. Ekwinsu, he grinned at Chi-Chi, his mouth all teeth now. No, Sonny shouted as Black Hat brought his knife to his neck and slit his own throat. Just needed one more death, he said in his gurgling voice. He fell over, gouts of blood and life pouring out of him. Silence. Sonny met Chi-Chi's eyes, and even in the rain, she could tell Chi-Chi was crying. Suddenly, the ground shivered with the most terrifying beat she had ever heard. Doom, doom, doom. Sonny, Chi-Chi shouted, help me. She'd run to Sasha and was trying to drag him back into the OB. It's too late, Sonny shouted over the deep beat. It came from within everything around him. She grabbed under Sasha's armpits. Chi-Chi took his legs. They hauled him in. Then Chi-Chi knelt beside him and checked his pulse. He's alive, she said, her eyes wide and twitching. Outside, with each beat, the mud rose into a higher and higher mound. Oh God. She's coming, Sonny moaned. Buck up, Chi-Chi said, looking angry. Where's Olu? Out there, she said, with the children, on the other side, near the bushes. She couldn't tear her eyes from what was happening. The heavy downpour was causing the ground to flood. The thunder and lightning had become one, but nothing drowned out the steady drumbeat of the masquerade. The mound was now three feet high, pushing aside Black Hat's body as it rose. Chi-Chi cursed, patting Sasha's wet cheek. Sasha, wake up. She pushed his eyes open. Only the white showed. The termite mound was six feet high now. Termites buzzed from it, but the rain beat them into the mud. Something enormous was coming through. It looked like the leaves of a dead, dry, crackling palm tree, tightly packed together. They crackled more when the rain hit them. Chi-Chi held Sasha's hand and then took Sunny. He's done it. She said, we failed. Sunny was speechless, frozen with terror. A monstrosity was growing before her eyes. The Aku masquerade was nothing compared to Ekwensu. She was of such deep evil that her name was rarely spoken, even in the lamb world. As her monstrous form grew, she gave off a smell, an oily, greasy smell like car exhaust. Ekwinsu was over 100 feet high and 50 feet wide. She was all tightly packed, dried palm fronds. Pull them back, Sunny Chichi suddenly said. Get back. What are we going to do? Sonny asked as they dragged Sasha to the middle of the obi. Pray, Chi-Chi said. No use in running. For over a minute, the horrifying thing that was Ekwensu just stood there, 
Then there was a heavy gust of wind, and Ekwensu slowly began to fall. When she hit the ground, water and mud sputtered in all directions. The two girls huddled over Sasha. Chichi wiped the mud from his face so that he wouldn't suffocate. The drum beat stopped. So did the thunder. Sunny wiped mud from her arms, legs, and face and slowly sat up. Is it dead? She whispered. She hoped. Maybe Black Hat hadn't performed the juju properly, or maybe he'd done things prematurely. But then, the flute began to play. It was a haunting tune that made her want to tear off in the other direction, screaming. It was the tune of nightmares. It was fast and melodious and full of warning, like the song of a sweet-throated bird happily leading the devil into the room. Slowly at first, Ekwensu started rotating, pulling up mud and soggy plants. Ekwensu groaned, a deep, thick sound that seemed to come from another place. She rotated faster and faster and faster. Soon, the air was red with flying mud. Ekwensu's wind rushed through the obi. She was spinning so fast that she was lifting back up. There she stood, whirling like a giant car wash brush. The, fu- the flute music urged her into dance and the drum beats started up again. Around the open area in front of the obi, yards from the gas station, she danced, spraying mud and water and uprooted plants and hunks of grass. Ekwensu let out a high-pitched scream as if to tell the earth she was back. And then everything shook so heavily with the deepness of the drum beats that the obi, even with its steel foundation, began to crumble. Sunny felt it deep inside her, just below her heart. A vibration, then a tug. She clutched her chest. She stood up. Her body felt light. She felt strong. She realized that, above all things, she didn't want to die huddling away, afraid, helpless. She was going to go out there and face Ekwensu. Damn the consequences. She'd often wondered how she'd react if she were in mortal danger. If held at gunpoint on the dark road during a carjacking. Would she be able to look the thief in the eye and negotiate for her life? Or if she saw a child drowning in a raging river, would she jump in to save it? Now she had her answer. She gathered together everything she had learned over the past few months and walked out of the OB. One step at a time, she approached Ekwensu, who was so happy to be back in the physical world that she didn't notice Sunny until she was standing before her. On instinct, Sunny let her spirit face move forward. In that moment, her fear of everything left her. Her fear of Ekwensu's evil Her fear of being flayed alive by the monster's fronds. Her fear of her family learning of her death. Her fear of the world's end. It all evaporated. Sunny smiled. 
She knew how the world would end. She knew that someday she would die. She knew her family would live on if she died right now. And she realized that she knew Ekwensu. And Sunny hated her. Ekwensu stopped dancing. She had no visible eyes, but she was looking down at Sunny. Relaxing her shoulders and mine, Sunny let Enyanwu, her spirit, her chi, the name of her other self, guide her. She grasped her juju knife, her motions smooth. The world shifted. Suddenly, all things were more. They were in the tall grass in the rain, but they were in another place too, where colors zoomed about, where there was green, so much green. Ekwensu howled and began to spin again, faster than before. Sunny knew she had only one word to speak. She spoke it in a language she didn't even know existed. Return, she said. Ekwensu shrieked and lashed out several fronds and smacked her to the side. She flew back, hitting a tree. Ekwensu whirled faster. But no matter how fast Ekwensu spun, she was sinking. Sunny struggled to her feet as she watched Ekwensu sink. She was reminded of the Wicked Witch of the West Death and the Wizard of Oz. Ekwensu wasn't melting, but she looked like she was as she sank into the wet red mud. Gone. Good, Sunny whispered. And that is the end of chapter 19. Whoo, so I don't know about y'all, but chapter 18 and 19, I've been waiting for it. I've been waiting for them to finally get to the place of facing Black Hat. I've been waiting for them to finally get to the point of what's going to happen. Now, I am a little concerned um, because of the babies. I feel like I really hope they're not that I really hope that Orlu is able to work some magic and bring them to life, you know, and I hope it wasn't too late. Um, but wow, like it's just crazy how that happened. I'm just happy that none of them died. I'm happy Sasha's alive. So there's, um, room for healing and recovery um, I'm actually excited for next week. I'm, I'm ready to read chapters 20 and 21 already, um, which seem to be short and sweet as well. We are coming to the end, as y'all know. So I might just read 20, 21, and 22, which are the last three chapters of the book. Um, yes, I'm sorry to say it, y'all, but we are already at the end. Um, but then we're going to read the second series, um, Akata Warrior. So... Right now we're reading Akata Witch, and now next is going to be Akata Warrior, where we're going to read more of Sunny's life and the Oha Coven and what more they have done. Because obviously, the council has sent more groups in to try to stop Black Hat before it even got to this point, but they never succeeded. It took Sunny, Orlu, Sasha, and Chichi to stop this. And I'm just ready to see what else happens. Um, let me know. Let me know what you guys think. You know, and always, 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 feedback is always open. I'm always ready. Any suggestions, I'm ready for. Um, but yeah. Until next week, continue to wind it down, my love, and slow it down, my love. Don't overwhelm yourself. It's gonna get done. Just wind it down, my love, and slow it down, my love. 
Don't overstress yourself. It's gonna get done. But see you guys next week. Stay true, stay you. Follow me on Instagram. There were no speedy in this these two chapters either. It was just straight reading. Um, no no images or anything like that. But until next week, stay true, stay you. Follow me on Instagram at elevated underscore frequency FHZ. Um, have a good one. Later.